It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Moving the Chains round two of the playoffs recap show. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. Jarrell, last week we talked about being a little bit boring, not a lot of great football, but boy, oh boy, do we have an awesome Friday night here in round two. Yeah, everything was amazing. Um, We could have, like, taken the map of South Carolina – threw a dart somewhere and then just picked a game in that region and it would have been a great game um there was no wrong choices uh but we definitely lucked out by picking one of the best on friday night that's right we were over at ac flora memorial stadium checking out greenville at ac flora and we'll get to that recap here in a minute but if you guys this is your first time here we appreciate it obviously we do our podcast here on spotify google podcast auto apple podcast all that stuff we do a weekly preview show over on facebook live at Moving Chains, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. Also on Twitter and Instagram, at Moving Chains. Follow us, like us, retweet, share, subscribe, all that stuff across all social medias. Got a lot of stuff for you coming for you guys. Had an interview last week with the PD Academy, office coordinator Kyle Drew. Got one coming up next week. Uh, don't want to jinx it yet, but it should be one of the the uh, the bigger name coaches here in the state. It'll be a lot of fun if you guys listen to that one too. But appreciate you tuning in and checking out all of our all of our uh, content all season long with a lot more to come here as the playoffs wrap up. But before we get into that game breakdown here, Jarrell, let's get a quick word from our friends at the George Agency and Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. And our podcast, Joe Moving the Chains, is brought to you by the George Agency, serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 35 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrated in employee benefits and health insurance in the office in Mullins and Merrill's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, et cetera. So wherever you are, they can help. Whether you're a seasonal worker or a small business owner need insurance for your company, give Bradley, Wayne Richard, and the crew a call. TheGeorgeAC.net. Check them out there. Tell them the Moving the Chains boys sent you. And also our newest sponsor, Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. They are they have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at SecurityAdvantageFCU.com. That's SecurityAdvantageFCU.com. Security Advantage Federal Credit Union, win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. So like we were saying, Jarrell, we were down at Memorial Stadium in the Midlands checking out one seed AC Flora hosting two seed Greenville. We said it all week, said it last week, said it on the preview show and whatnot. This was a heavyweight matchup. Two teams that have spent time at number one throughout the year in the polls. Just a, a really big ball game on paper, and boy, did it deliver. We'll get it going here. Um, AC Floor wins the toss to first. Greenville gets the ball first. And, man, they they really made a statement right off the bat there. Josh Sapp converted fourth and one out of the Wildcat Wildcat in their in their uh, their side of the field early on. So it's kind of a risky call by Coach Porter, but it worked out. Then he ends the, the drive with a three-yard TD run out of the count of the Wildcat there. And Greenville takes a 7 nothing lead with 7.33 to, to go in the first quarter drill. Let's talk about that drive for a second there and how big that was for those guys to come out and, and really open it up and get a get a, a touchdown that first possession. Yeah, they established that run game. Um, and I did like that Wildcat look that they were using with Josh Sapp, big body tight end, Clemson commit. Um, 
and they were able to impose their will early on and uh, just seize the momentum and doing that on uh, you know, it would come back a little bit later. They got a, they kind of fell in love with that formation, with that play, um, had some trouble with center snaps all game. Uh, but it was good for Greenville to get that early lead in the, on the road, especially in that, that environment. There was a, a rowdy crowd there from AC Flora. It was. Good turnout and a good turnout from Greenville, too. So, so a lot of good folks there at that ball game. On well, AC Flora's first position, they make a couple first downs. Markel Townsend had a couple nice runs there. They get to Greenville's side of the field, but they're forced to punt. Greenville takes over at their five with 4.30 left in the first quarter. And then, like you mentioned there, Greenville on their next try, I believe they get one first down, and they get to a fourth and short call here at about the, the 22, 23-yard line, something like that. And they decide to go forward again out of the Wildcat. The snap is a little bit low. Uh, like we said in the stands there, I couldn't tell if Sapp was lined up a little bit closer to the center than a, nor- than a normal shotgun snap was, or maybe it was the bad snap. I couldn't tell, but it was a little low. Couldn't quite feel it. He fumbles at AC Floor, gets the ball at Greenville's 19. They capitalized pretty quickly there. Three-yard TD run from Tyrell Green out of uh, kind of that jumbo formation there for those guys. And they go for the two-point out of the swing gate formation. Now you guys have seen this in high school for several years. Though. You have a – you know, a center, maybe one lineman, and then the holder back there. And then you got a bunch of guys over on the far left there with one back behind them. They flipped it out there. He caught it, ran it in for two points. They take an 8-7 lead with two seconds to go in the first quarter, and that is the end, the score at the end of the first quarter there. The uh, next Greenville drive, Greenville gets stopped. They punt it deep to AC Flora. Lofton returns the punt to the house, but we get a block in the back call there. AC Flora gets the ball at their 26. Teams exchange punts again, 6.09 left. Greenville takes over. Um, I think they exchanged punts maybe two more times there, Drill, before we had any action for halftime. And then right under the two-minute mark, Pro Franklin hits Mazio Bennett down the right sideline for an 80-yard touchdown pass. Bennett just blows by the defense. He caught it and probably ran 50, 60 yards after the catch there. Outran everyone. Greenville takes a 14-8 lead with 147 in the second quarter. And Greenville, Greenville ends up taking a 14 to 8 lead into halftime there, Jarrell. Greenville starts off the, the half with a touchdown, ends the half with a touchdown, and goes in the locker room with the lead there. Yeah, and that was big for them to have that halftime lead. Uh, there was, like you said, that Lofton return was electric. We'll get back to him going with another return. We were like, okay, that one got called back. It was a good call. It was with blindside, something that they're trying to eliminate from the game. So it was the correct call there. But even before that, for on the Greenville side, uh, Josh Sapp had a long gain on a big-time catch that was called back for holding. Mm-hmm. That seemed a little bit iffy. Uh, but they were able to capitalize with Mazio Bennett making that electric play down the sideline. Going into the third quarter here, AC4 got the ball to start and almost had a big-time set, just avoided disaster. Phillips Daniels threw a ball down the right side to Lofton. The Greenville corner had great position actually had the ball in his hands Lofton comes back rakes it out to avoid disaster there and keep the ball for AC floor they end up having to punt that drive Greenville gets the ball they're making a few first downs they're getting around midfield and just in kind of an odd play happens here it looked almost like a busted play Jarrell Franklin gets the snap tries to kind of hand it off kind of fumbles it a little bit and then is rolling to the right I think he's trying to run and somehow gets hit ball pops straight up in the air AC floor floor recovers I think it, it, it Greenville's 39 or something like that. So on that, their side of the field after, after a nice little run back there, and they take the ball with 837 left in the third quarter. They drive down. Greenville gets a big stop inside the 10 there. I think at the four-yard line, uh, AC4 decides to kick the field goal. A 21-yarder by Christian Hendrickson is good. 
cuts the Greenville lead to 14 to 11 with 445 less in the third quarter. And that's where we end at the end of the third quarter. But AC Floor has driven the ball down to Greenville's one yard line as that quarter ends. And then they score on, I believe, the second play of the fourth quarter, um, a one yard touchdown by Markel Townsend on fourth and goal. They take an 18 to 14 lead there. Townsend, I'll, I'll talk about him for a second, Drill. That's a kid that really impressed me. He's not the biggest guy, probably 5'8 or so, but very quick, good balance, and he thought he ran pretty hard all night. Generous 5'8 for sure, but he's so shifty, so quick, like he was able. And in in that second half to begin with and into the fourth quarter, AC Floor really started imposing their will, you know, running trap plays, pulling those guards. They were really big on the interior of the line and were able to get a lot of stuff going uh, when they didn't have much going, you know, throwing the ball the entire game, but just allowing to lean on Townsend, who was shifty. I mean, just a tough runner. But those guys in the, the offensive line for AC Floor – really just leaning on the front of Greenville, which is a little a little thin, a little lean. Uh, but they were able to, to get something going. And when they took that lead 18-14, you kind of started to think, you know, big-time game like this in the playoffs, it might be a situation where Florida just plays bully ball the rest of the game, mm-hmm. and Greenville may run out of opportunities. You know, it was a, a lot of action here to start the fourth quarter. We mentioned AC Florida scoring there. Greenville comes back on their next drive. And they finish it off with a 13-yard TD pass from Pro Franklin to Josh Sapple on fourth and four. And they get the lead back 21 to 18 with 756 left in the fourth quarter. And I believe they converted a couple fourth downs on that drive as well, Jarrell, on the way down there. Uh, I don't know if you have any notes there or not, but I think that's what uh, what happened on that one also. Yeah, and I think that was kind of highlighted by I think it was that drive. It was a big screen pass to uh to Pepper. Yep. I think it's Jaden Pepper, the, the yep. sophomore running back for Greenville, where he was able to get loose. Uh, much like we saw earlier in the game with Northwestern for Greenville, they had some troubles, especially in the second half, pass protecting. And uh, they definitely had trouble getting the snap where Pro Franklin had to, you know, pick the ball off the turf a lot of the times. And, uh, you know, they were just kind of just – they were just struggling on the edge. But they that was a great call. They were able to catch him with that screen pass and able to take the lead back. Yeah, and then on the ensuing kickoff, I mean, one of the better kickoff returns you'll ever see in person. Electric. Chris Lofton, 75 yards to the house, catches it, uh, I guess, kind of on the, on the far sideline, comes back towards the bench, reverses field again, goes back towards the far sideline, and, and it ends up cutting it back, scoring a 75-yard touchdown run. They go for two out of the swing gate again, snap it to the close lineman. He runs it in. Not really sure why there. The math didn't make a lot of sense to me there, Drell, but it happened. <laughs> and AC4 took a 26-21 to lead there with 7.33 left in the fourth. And at that point – we were pretty worried. We we're like, you know, that's a big time shot there. Can Greenville respond? Can I get, get off the mat? And they didn't look great their next drive drill. They really didn't. I think they went three and out, I believe, or had to punt fairly quickly. And AC Floor got the ball back with like six minutes to go. And we're like, you know, that might be it. Can Greenville get a stop? Because like you mentioned, they kind of started to lean on that defense a little bit. Greenville had not looked good the last drive or two uh, up front, but they came up big, uh, got a stop when they had to have it. I didn't love the play call for AC Floor. I think they threw a couple passes. I didn't think they should have thrown. I would have kept it on the ground there. But AC Floor punts. Greenville takes over at their 28 with uh, 343 left in the fourth quarter, down by five. I think they had two timeouts. And then, man, they, they just went on a special drive, honestly. They uh, they had hit a couple nice completions. I think uh, I think Holland had a nice one. They had, they had first and 25 at one point. We're able to convert that on a nice long pass to, to Holland. And they got they got down to the AC Floor's 24 yard line with 220 left. Got down to the 14 with 135 left. 
And they had 31 at the four, 30, 33 seconds left, no timeouts. Drew, let me ask you, do you have any notes on that drive? Because literally I was just trying to keep up with what was going on time-wise. I don't, I don't have all the big plays right now. Do you have anything on your side that you've got there possibly? To be honest, I got caught up in the moment as well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you there. I know there were some, some big-time plays as far as like green logistics. Pro Franklin, I, I think this is where this is where we really just need to highlight – the moxie and the poise of pro Franklin. Like I, I can, this is the third time I'm bringing it up. The kid was picking up snaps off the ground, you know, pass rush in his face the entire time. But I also want to show some love to his receivers, Bennett, Brown, Sapp, Kelly. These guys kept working whenever there was a scramble or anything like that. And the most impressive thing for me to see, these guys were attacking the football, making hands catches and just making plays. But that play that you're talking about towards the end of the game, um, fighting for that first down mm -hmm. um, to get it inside the 10, uh, that was the play of the game when, when it, it mattered most. That's right. So third and one from the third and one from the four, 33 seconds left. Pro Franklin takes a snap. Uh, stands back in the pocket and just, you know, he's got guys coming in his face and he hits the crosser, Tyler Brown, for the four-yard TD pass with 28 seconds to go. Huge play. They had to pick him up pick him up off the ground. Yes. I mean, he got drilled on that one. The crowd erupted. Just a, a big-time play. And, and you hated it for Greenville there because they had to go for two. And you could tell, I mean, Franklin couldn't really be in there. I think they went to the, the yeah. jumbo package again, I believe, Drill. I think yeah. it did not convert. But they still had the one-point lead with 28 seconds left, just a, a big-time play there. AC Floor gets the ball to, I think, around their 44, around their 50. I think they had one holding call that may have brought it back a little bit there. Um, through one Hail Mary, Mazio Bennett knocks it down. Great play there. When .3 seconds left, they flip out a little swing pass to Loft, and I guess they're going to try some, you know, some razzle-dazzle, hook-and-ladder type stuff. But Greenville makes a great tackle, and Greenville wins the ball game, upsets the defending 4A state champion, 27-26 to 26 on the road. Just a, a great game from the Red Raiders, Jarrell, a, a team that over the years has been prone to maybe not winning a game like that when they go down. Maybe they hadn't had the resilience, whatever. This year's squad is different. Big-time win for Greenville. Yeah, and I think it's just a testament to this group of men and Coach Porter, you know, just having that will to win. Like you said, they've had some struggles in the past overcoming adversity, especially in the playoffs, but not this bunch, man. These guys, they fought to the end. And I want to give kudos to AC Flora as well. You know, that's a lot. You got the target on your back being the defending state champion. Those guys fought. Uh, I don't think they were as, as talented as Greenville, and I definitely don't think they were as talented as last year's team, mm -hmm. but they never stopped, and they fought the entire game. So kudos to them. They almost pulled it off. Uh, but Greenville was just too much, just too much talent. It's something, you know, we're talking about in the stands there, you and John and I, about how this Greenville team has been tested a lot this year. You know, they win late, I think, in week zero over, over Rock Hill with a field goal. They beat Malden late with the touchdown pass from Franklin to Tyler Brown. They lose a close one late to Greenwood. But this team has been in some tight games, and I think that experience helped them out. And that's what we kind of heard from Coach Porter and Coach Bur and uh, Tyler Brown after the game there. We'll play those interviews here in a second. But just hats off to those guys. And, I mean, and they – they're in a position now, John, or uh, Drill, where they may be the front runner in 4A Upper State. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in, I think next week, the way the matchups uh, work out, um, they're able to host. So they're going back to Serene Stadium next week, mm -hmm. the way the bracket breaks down. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen South Point this year, one of the few teams we haven't seen. Uh, South Point's been really dominant all year, uh, but Greenville's right there with them. So, uh, you know, not trying to look past this coming week, but it's looking like that's going to be the matchup for Upper State in 4A. That's right. So, Drew, any final thoughts on this game here before we put in our interviews with those guys? 
I'm just really impressed um, with how the team, both teams responded to adversity throughout the game. Um, I want to give some love to, to the Lofton kid at AC Flora and Markel Townsend. I, both, I think they're both juniors. They so are, I believe so. Back, they'll be back next year. That kick returns, one of the best things we saw in person this season. Uh, thought he was going out of bounds. <laughs> he just cuts back across field just to keep the team in the game. They struggled passing the ball, so that special team's play was just huge because he wasn't able to, to do anything really on the outside. Uh, but just two great teams. I hate that it was a second-round matchup. That's yeah. the worst thing about Upper it. State caliber, <laughs> state championship caliber, 100%. Yeah. That was a championship caliber game played round two of the playoffs so uh just looking forward to to what's coming for for greenville and what's coming next season for for ac floor that's right and now you guys will hear Jarrell's interview with coach greg porter after the game and then my interview with wide receiver tyler brown after that greenville victory over ac floor all right coach porter here big win ac floor 27 26 thriller uh, coach porter first of all tell us about your quarterback pro franklin and his performance tonight I tell you what, Pro is a warrior. Tonight, you know, he's a senior. This was big for him. Um, it's big for our team to see him overcome some of that adversity he had to overcome tonight. But that's the way he played all year. He just have a heart of a lion. He take the criticism, he take the hard coaching, but he'll come back and just lead us like he did. I mean, this is the way we went, started the first season, the first game when we went against Rock Hill. So it had that same feel to it. So we've been here before emotionally. Yes, sir. So a couple weeks ago, you guys lost a tough game to Greenwood, able to battle back, but that made you the two seed. How important is it for you guys to get this win here so you go back to Serene next week? Well, it's very important. One, we advanced another round. Um, that loss to Greenwood was a wake-up call for us. But one thing about our team, we never break down on region champs. We always break down on state champs. So their resiliency just let me know, hey, we want to be okay. We just got to go back to the fundamentals, get back to our, what we do, and uh, just get better. Greenwood is an excellent team, you know, so it ain't like we lost to somebody who, you know, is really not that good. How much is, how big is this win for your program going forward? It's big for us. I mean, this is my third year at uh, Greenville High School to make it to the third round. Uh, again, it's very important for us. It's very important for these kids to see that if you sow the right seeds and pay the price, good things will happen to you. It had to be earned. Nothing was going to be given. They had to earn this. Congratulations. Thanks for your time. Big Thank win. 27-26 against AC4. Thank you. We're here with uh, Tyler Brown. Game and a touchdown to catch. Tyler, tell us, we want you to hear that last play then, man. I, I felt it all day. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I just knew it was coming. Happened against Martin, happened again. Big time players made big time players. Right. I keep you saying were, it. You were playing offense, defense all night long, man. Great performance for you. How'd you stay on the field the whole night? Uh, took a toll on my body most definitely, but my willpower, man. Just the team behind me, it just all felt great. You guys battled some adversity. You score, they return the kickoff. You guys come right back down. Talk about your team and the resilience you guys have. Man, great resilience, great resilience, man. Coach, Coach Porter, just keeps pushing us, keeps pushing us. No matter what happens, he doesn't flip on us. He, he's always in our corner. Yes, sir. Tell us about your quarterback, Pro Franklin. He took some big shots tonight, man, and he kept getting back up, kept leading you guys in the field. What does he mean to the team? Oh, I love him, man. Great leader, great, great performer. I just love him, man. Great asset to the team. Don't know if you heard, Westside went down. You guys get a home game next week oh, yeah. in Serene Stadium. How big is that to get back to Serene? Oh, we need that for sure. Fans coming out, you know, a state championship, man. That's right. Tyler Brown, touchdown catch. Greenville beats 64 27 26. Congrats, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Tyler. So that was Coach Greg Porter and wide receiver Tyler Brown. I appreciate those guys giving us some time there after the ball game, after the big win, and chatting with Drell and the guys from the Moving the Chains about 
what their thoughts were on that outcome as Greenville beats AC Florida 27 to 26 to advance in the upper state for a playoffs drill. Let's move now into our players of the week. I know we've got a couple guys from that game on the list, but let's go through all of them here as uh, we go through our players of the week. Yeah, for sure. And definitely, you know, just sticking with that game, I got Mazio Bennett, the wide receiver defensive back for Greenville High School. Um, he had four catches for 136, including that 80-yard touchdown. Uh, he also had nine tackles and two big pass breakups. Um, so shout out to Mazio Bennett. He played really well, played the entire game, played mm -hmm. both ways the entire game, um, never came off the field. Another one I want to highlight is Andre Washington from Ridgeview. We saw Ridgeview early in the season against uh, Gray Collegiate. They didn't have their best performance playing that really good uh, great collegiate team. But Andre Washington, the quarterback, had 334 passing, five total touchdowns, and a win over Hillcrest. Big uh, time, big time performance from him. And somebody else I had was Zoltan Osborne from Fort Dorchester. Uh, they had a big 44-21 win over Chapin on Friday. Um, he had 396 passing yards and four touchdowns in that win. Big time there from Zoltan. I've got a couple more here. I've got to throw in uh, V. Morton, Greenwood running back. He's been a multi-time guy on here. 42 carries for 239 and four touchdowns in their victory over Catawba Ridge. Zan Dunham in maybe the upset of the night goes for 330 total yards and four touchdowns against Chapman. Uh, Irmo football's Diari Rogers had six touchdowns, three receiving, two rushing, and a pick six against Westside. I've also got uh, Regian Bennett for Trinity Collegiate, also a repeat guy here. I think he rushed for 291 and six touchdowns, Jarrell. Uh, big night for Regian. Anybody else? You've got to got a couple more as well, but then if you had anybody else you wanted to throw in. That's what I had. So, Regian, I, I know he had that huge night. They advance uh, to the 3A Skiza Championship uh, next week. Um, so, shout out to him for that repeat performance. That's right. They'll be playing Hammond in that ball game. Another guy who's been on our list multiple times, Casey Adams, 247 and four touchdowns, setting up a big matchup against Abbeville this week. Also have – Pro Franklin, quarterback we just talked about, threw for a season high 361 and four touchdowns while just getting demolished <laughs> all night, it felt like. I mean, I, I feel for the kid's ribs, man. He was getting hit, getting hit, getting hit, but kept getting up and kept making big-time throws. And I think that's all I have. Actually, last one here, uh, more of a not really a weekly player of the week, but more a season here. That's Bennett Judy, one of our friends there at Hillcrest, broke the school record for TDs in a season with 43 31 passing, 12 rushing, even though they lost to Ridgeview. But hats off to all those guys. Lots of great players of the week there, Jarrell. And like I said, man, if you guys are listening and you've got a player who has a big stat line, feel free to tag us. Like, that's where we get our info from us from Twitter pretty much. Like, we don't go to all these game jobs and stuff. We see a big stat line on Twitter. We're we're saving it, and that's our player of the week a lot of times. So, lots of good stuff there, Jarrell. Let's move now into some of our scores from some of the bigger games in the playoffs in round two. All right, so games of the week for sure. We'll start off there. Uh, we had Clinton and Lower Richland. Uh, this was a, a big-time game um, in round two as well. This game was tied at 31 in the fourth quarter, but the Red Devils were able to flex their muscles, scored 48 points, and they were able to, to knock off Lower Richland 48-34 on Friday. Sounded like a great ball game. Like, so they were down for a while there. Then I believe late with the game tied at 34 all, they ran a fake punt with the quarterback, who is also the punter. That all always helps out. The Davis uh, – is it Davis Miller, Billy Drill, or is it Davis Wilson? I'm trying to remember. Davis Wilson, I want to say. Davis Just Wilson. injury as well. Yep, yep. Came back from injury, threw a touchdown pass to the Copeland kid. They had two running backs go over 100 yards, Copeland and James there, or Copeland and Gary, one or the other, I believe it was. Uh, Big-time performance from the Red Devils there. 
And those guys get a a, a big time matchup with Daniel this week. But that was a great ball game, great win over the Diamond Hornet, Diamond Hornets down at Hopkins last night or Friday night. And shout out to the Diamond Hornets uh, turnaround of probably this season. I think they had two wins last year. Notable basketball powerhouse in the state, and we're able to field one of the best teams and probably the most competitive division or classification in, in South Carolina high school football. So no shame on that. That's a lot to build on uh, for them going into next season. No doubt about uh, it. But the next game we had, Battle of the Vikings over at Spartanburg. Spartanburg was able to win this game 37-29. to 29. Uh, We looked at this one early, and then we looked at it again when we got in the car ride on the car on the way home, um, it was 37, seven spring Valley was able to fight back though. And and, and make this game uh, closer than, than it looked early on. They were, you know, DQ Smith, tough customer there for spring Valley, but tell you what Spartanburg drill is getting hot and they're getting healthy at the right time. And this is a team that I think is, we haven't been talked a lot about in upper state five a, they've got a matchup with Ridgeview this week. I expect them to win that one. And then they've only got to beat one of either Gaffney or Northwestern to get to state finals. This team is, playing very well right now, and they kind of got on the right side of the bracket there as well. So, Spartanburg, man, playing some good ball right now. Yeah, great ball. And like you said, they're on the right side of the bracket, so they host Ridgeview this week. And if they're able to to win, they're hosting next week for the, the upper state final in 5A. Um, and the next game we had, also another competitive ma- uh, matchup, uh, a grudge match as of, <laughs> in sorts, uh, Gaffney and T.L. Hanna. Gaffney was able to flex that muscle again, was able to win 34-26 over T.L. Hanna. A game that got a little bit hairy there for a while. I think Gaffney had a, a, a one- or two-point lead with three or four minutes to go, was able to score again to kind of uh, ice that one there. Big game from Tyler Smith. I talked to some guys who were there, said he kind of kicked it up a notch, had a little more speed, it seemed like, Friday night. But those Gaffney boys with Little John and and, and, uh, and, and Smith and those guys can really run. And I heard they actually threw a touchdown pass from Smith to Grayson Loftus on a little trick play tonight as well. So bringing out all the tricks to be T.L. Hanna, but good win there over what's always a tough Yellow Jacket team. Yeah, and I think the T.L. Hanna coach is retiring, if I saw. Athletic correctly. director, AD, AD Athletic is, is, is retiring. Yep, okay. yep. former coach and current AD. So, yeah, so congratulations to him as he moves on. Uh, but the Yellow Jacket season comes to an end, and Gaffney matches up against Northwestern um, next week. I think Gaffney has to go on the road for that game. They do, and, over in a District 3 Stadium, a place that they have not had the best of times over the years. So yeah, it will be a lot of fun Friday night. Leaving the friendly confines of the reservation to head over there, that is going to be a heavyweight matchup. Looking forward to that next week. Um, another game that we had. Um, not really the closest game, but closer than we may have anticipated. Abbeville 49 over Saluda 34. Um, Abbeville was able to pull up, pull away late. This game was, was pretty close. And uh, I wanted to highlight this game because it sets up the matchup of the week uh, against Gray. Yeah, you know, Abbeville and Saluda, that's a, a kind of heated rivalry there. I know that they had some bad blood going back to 2019 when Saluda beat Abbeville on the way to the state championship because they did the ring ceremony, I believe, in November or I guess it would have been January or so for the, the ring ceremony against Abbeville and Saluda. So that was kind of a, a whole thing there between those two teams. They didn't love it, uh, how that went. Abbeville's kind of mad about that still. And, and lots of big, lots of great fans on both sides of that rivalry, yeah. man. Those guys get into it. Hats off to the Panthers for a big win there. And I can't wait to see that game Friday against Great Collegiate. Most definitely. So moving on, another game in 2A, uh, we had Shira and Timberland. Shira able to pull off a overtime thriller, 27-26. I know that you and John caught a little heat uh, for your predictions in the, the preview show, uh, but Shira able to win this game. 
We did. Big win for the Braves. And that's a team that we haven't talked a lot about this year because, like, we just haven't, you know, seen them much to beat Chesterfield to win the region and whatnot. But besides that, we didn't know a lot about them. Timberland was a team that had a very good season going and beating Lamar. It only lost to Phillip Simmons was it. We thought the Timberland was going to take him down. But Sherrall, man, really good game there for Coach Poole and those guys. Good job, Sherrall, with that victory. Yeah, kudos to Sherrall. So, uh, be interested to see who you guys pick next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying pick the Braves, but you might want to consider it. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, another one-point game we had. Brooklyn Casey, 28 over Hanahan, 27. Uh, Hanahan held the lead 14-6 to at halftime. Uh, but Brooklyn Casey was able to pull away the end of the game. Hanahan, I think they scored within, within the last minute of the game. They were going to go for two, had a false start, and then missed the extra point. So heartbreak city for Hanahan. BC's able to advance. Man, you hate to see a game in on something like that there, man. And, you know, but, you know, BC's a very good football team. I like the state and kid a lot at quarterback. Hanahan had a great year. Another team that, you know, we, we were worried about, we're like, how good are these guys? Who have they really played? Well, they showed up at the cage uh, Friday night and played a great ball game, just didn't quite have enough to beat BC. All right. So next game we had was Powdersville Wren, heavyweight matchup in Anderson County over there. Two teams, again, that had faced off rivalry, shared communities, yada, yada, yada. Powdersville was able to pull away and win this game 21-17. Uh, just shout out to Coach Muster. I know they had a little bit of adversity and were able to get this win. Yeah, I believe that game was 14 to nothing at halftime, if I'm correct here, Jarrell. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to some guys who were there said that, you know, the Williams kid just couldn't get going. Wren's defense was kind of smothering him there. But then Wren really caught fire second half. Uh, Eli Hudgens was able to get it going. Williams actually came out uh, with an injury. Not sure how serious that's going to be. Hope it's not too bad. Uh, but like I said, they were down 14 at halftime, came out and scored their first drive, cut it to 14 to six. End up scoring late on a Jalen Rambert run, playing kind of both ways there. And that's basically all she wrote for uh, for Powdersville and Wren there. But hats off to the Patriots, man, staying undefeated. Big-time season for them. And I like their chances again against Chester this week as well, Jarrell. Oh, for sure, yeah. Powdersville's got it rolling, the Patriots do. I mean, they've got talent all over the field. Um, shameless plug, check out that interview that we had with Coach Muster uh, a few weeks ago if you haven't. And uh, the Patriots are, like we've said the whole time, they're going to be a formidable team in 3A going forward. Yeah. I do want to mention this. I didn't, I didn't say this. So that last touchdown drive was a four-minute-plus drive that totaled 99 yards. So they went the length of the field to win that ball game there. And I believe they scored with, uh, oh, gosh, I don't even know, like a, a few few minutes left. But a uh, great, great, great victory there for Powdersville. Big-time drive at the end. That's a championship drive, honestly, Drew. 99 yards late in the game. You can't do it any better than that. Against your rivals, your community, I mean, I, I, a lot of those guys know each other, probably grew up playing ball together. So that was just a great a great ball game, and uh, kudos to the Patriots. It's going to the lower side of the 3A bracket. Uh, we had Oceanside Collegiate against Gilbert. Oceanside was able to win this game 36-28. Um, Oceanside was able to come back late. Gilbert was up 28-22 in this game. Oceanside scored two quick touchdowns in the last three minutes of the game with a touchdown run and then a subsequent pick six and was able to uh, to win over Gilbert. Really good ball game between two really good teams. Um, another game that, you know, could have been lower state quality uh, play there between Gilbert and Oceanside. I love the Vaughn Blue kid there at Oceanside, and those guys don't quit playing over Johnson Hagel, but to come back and get a, a big-time victory there over Gilbert Friday night. 
Yeah, I mean, just staying in that that lower side of the bracket, another game I wanted to highlight was Camden and Ainer. Camden was able to win this game 13-0. That defense is playing really, really, really good ball. I think that's a third straight shutout for Camden. Xavier McLeod and those guys can get it done on D-line for sure. Uh, Camden, the offense is still not being great, as we can tell by the score there. But Ainer yeah. plays a tough style of ball up front. They they really crowd you. They really just run it and try to get, get that turtle offense there and drive it in the field and eat some clock there. Camden was able to, you know, overcome that, not get too too down when maybe Ainer had a long drive or whatever it was. And they scored, you know, a two-score victory over Ainer, no, nothing to shake your head at there. Big victory for the for the Bulldogs. This sets up a big game against BC Friday night. For sure. Moving up to 4A, I just wanted to highlight this game as well. West Florence was able to beat South Aiken 27-21 on Friday. West Florence, another team that's getting hot at the right time, just played really, really consistent ball. And you know that they've played uh, some really stiff competition in the region that they were in this season. That region is so good for it. You know, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, Hartsville, West Florence, South Florence. So many good teams there. This West Florence team, we talked about all year, they can play some really good defense. Offense has been a little bit of a question mark there. But they got it done Friday night. And they get a rematch against a team that they played before, I believe, in the next round drill. That'll be Hartsville. I'm not sure that's a home or on the road. But a familiar opponent there for them uh, in, in round three coming up. So Hartsville being, I think they were the actual two seed. So Hartsville will be hosting West Florence. This yes, week. over at Kellytown. Yep. All right, cool. So I kind of wanted to make a transition. We, you know, this time of the year, you have them. Um, some upset games that we had. Uh, Ridgeview and Hillcrest is probably the biggest one, definitely in terms of seeding with Hillcrest. Would have had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Ridgeview was able to go up and win this game 47-41. Uh, Hillcrest just ran out of steam with Bennett Judy uh, late in that game and just couldn't put up the points. Yeah, they had a really bad fourth quarter or third quarter. And they got outscored 13 or 14 to nothing in the third quarter. Put them behind the eight ball, couldn't quite catch up there. You know, that was the issue with Hillcrest we worried about is that we knew they could score points, but at times they seemed to give up a good bit too. And Friday night they couldn't quite get the defense like they wanted to there and uh, didn't quite have enough time to really come back and, and, and win that ball game. But great season season for the Rams with the Blazers. They may be getting getting right hot at the right time as well. A couple of nice wins over Clover and now Hillcrest, Washington Washington kid. They talked a quarterback, really good player. Agnew and Lawson out wide. Those guys can really play. Ridgeview, tough matchup with Spartanburg, but they can take them. I think they play well. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, Ridgeview's just getting hot at the right time. They probably had the toughest road to hoe, uh, so to speak, and going through these playoffs, you know, but they've been able to uh, just keep winning these games and they're going up to Spartanburg. And if they can take care of it, who knows what can happen going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but the next game that we had, another upset that I had highlighted, um, Whale Branch was able to beat Lakeview. Uh, Whale Branch winning this game 27-12 against Lakeview. Big-time surprise for me. You know, Lakeview's got a very good offense. So them only scoring 12 kind of shocked me there. And then, honestly, you know, looking at that game from the outside, you know, looking at some of the common opponents and whatnot, I thought Lakeview was the favorite by a couple of scores there. But they just didn't show up and didn't, didn't play their best game for tonight. doesn't sound like, um, you know, hats off to the Bethay kid, Norton, and those guys on a great season, Dawkins, all those guys. But Will Branch, big-time victory for those guys on the road. For sure. And then another big, probably the second biggest upset, definitely in terms of playoff seeding, uh, Chapman losing to Chester 33-28 on Friday. Uh, Chapman had that top of the bracket number one uh, seed all the way throughout, and uh, they lost a, a close one to Chester on Friday. Chester outscores Chapman 16-7 to in the fourth quarter for to get that victory. Just a wild ball game. I want to say Chester had a couple um, interceptions 
late in the game to kind of even get the ball back. I think there's multiple times where we thought that Chapman might be able to kind of run out the clock, but Chester's able to get it back and they score, I think, on a fourth and one or a fourth and goal play uh, to win that ball game. Zan Dunham, like we mentioned here, 330, four touchdowns, really good player there for Chester in the Cyclones. And Chester, they get a shot at Powderville this week, see if they can knock them off. But a big victory over Chapman, a team that a lot of people, lot of people thought were one of the two or three favorites there in 3A. Yeah, and not a and not an upset, but another another one point game. We've seen a, a recurring theme of one point games. Philip Simmons knocking off Wade Hampton 15-14 um, in two way on that lower side. Philip Simmons been sneaky all year. No team we don't know a lot about. Um, you know they had beaten Timberland a couple weeks ago. Wade Hampton, a team that we thought was very good, a very good defense. I think their their long blemish may have been just Silver Bluff. Um, I think, and then, but you know a low scoring game there. But Philip Simmons, the Iron Horses, they keep winning. That's a team I'm interested to see how, how they can, you know, keep progressing. I still don't know a ton about them, but that's a big-time win there uh, they had last Friday, last Friday. Awesome, awesome. Well, those are all the games I had, Kev. Anything else that stuck out to you from Friday night? I think that's it. Uh, no big ones. I do want to mention Northwestern, 42-3 to three over Burns there. Rolling. I mean, you know, we thought that Burns, they got hot. They could play with some guys. They, they, missed their, they were missing their best defensive guy Friday night, the Dingle kid. Northwestern and what Will Madison is just – they're tough, man. They're tough at home. Um, and they'll be a great matchup with them against Gaffney uh, this week. Anything else I saw that jumped out at me? Um, Irmo, winners again on, on the road over West Side. Isaiah Whiteside, Diari Rogers, big-time big time performances from those guys. I do want to shout out a couple kind of blowouts here that kind of caught me a little bit by surprise. One okay. being Buford absolutely smoking North Augusta. Uh, yeah. I thought North Augusta had some talent and could play with those guys, but the Eagles just blew them out. And then another one there, South Point over Lawrence. You know, Lawrence is a team we thought had some firepower on offense, and they scored a couple late touchdowns, but that game really wasn't that close either. South Point, man, they are the real deal, and they are uh, setting up a heavy heavyweight matchup with Greenwood this week as well. Uh, one more drill. Christchurch beat St. Joe's 3 to nothing. <laughs> second game, Second win over St. Joe's this season. I think the first one was an overtime. This is a little bit lower score in there, but just a, a big-time game between two rivals there, and Christchurch moves on to face Newberry, who knocked off Chesterfield. That would be a good game there as well. Uh, but Christchurch 3 nothing over St. Joe's on Friday night. was another one I saw that I wanted to mention. Yeah, and um, definitely Christchurch is going to have to score more than three points against Newberry. I think they scored 56 against Chesterfield. Chesterfield's a team that we were pretty high on a couple weeks ago. And Newberry, you know, another team getting hot at the right time, playing for their coach that's retiring, uh, Coach Strickland at the end of the season. So, uh, Newberry might might have something to say. That's right. That's right. Well, Drill, let's take a look, quite a quick look at the, the brackets as they stand now. Let's go 5A through 1A. If you want to go first, we'll just read through the games that we're looking at here in round three. And uh, if we want to throw in a quick thought, feel free. If not, we'll just kind of just read through them as we go. Yeah, I think we've gone over most of the teams, but starting at 5A on the top side, uh, we got Ridgeview heading to Spartanburg. Um, next game we have is Northwestern and Gaffney. Northwestern will be hosting the, the Indians. Excuse me. Uh, I'm really pumped for that game. Big time ball uh, game. That's another championship caliber game. Um, right there. So whoever comes out there is probably going to be the favorite uh, to be the, the upper state um, representative in that 5A championship game. On the lower side, we got Dutch Fork and Sumter. Dutch Fork just continues to just break record after record. I think that was their 60th straight win over poor Kane Bay on Friday. Uh, but Sumter has been playing really good ball all season and quietly. 
hopefully they can they can put up a fight there. All right, and the final game that we have in 5A on the lower side of that bracket, we have Lexington heading down to Fort Dorchester. Lexington, a team, Jarrell, that won one game last year. Now they're sitting in the third round of playoffs. Great turnaround for those guys. That Coach Woolbright there has done an awesome job with that crew. I like Fort Dorchester result in Osborne a lot, but, you know, Lexington has been playing tough, and they may could make a game out of this for sure. But let's look down at 4A now. Greenville will host Irmo at Serene Stadium. South Point hosting Greenwood in a big-time game there in 4A. Myrtle Beach hosting Buford in Lower State. And then Hartsville will host Region Foe West Florence. Darrell, any of those games hopping out here in 4A you want to make a quick note on there? I mean, obviously that South Point-Greenwood game, uh, that's a heavyweight matchup there. Uh, I think it's a chance for us to really see how good South Point is. Um, kind of seeing that region fracture in the playoffs that they had in York County. Um, so we get to see how good South Point is. That, you know, Greenwood triple option offense. Um, that Irmo-Greenville game, I think Greenville's just got too, too much talent for Irmo. Agreed. Agreed. Let's look down at uh, 3A now if you got that one, Drill. Yep. Down in 3A, we got Chester going to Powdersville. Uh, we also have Clinton and Daniel. So Clinton will go on the road to Daniel. On the lower side of the bracket, we got Brooklyn Casey and Camden. Camden heads to BC. And then we have Oceanside Collegiate heading up to Dillon. Any games really, really big games all across, especially the lower state. I think lower state may be the only bracket where we have all the number ones winning so far. I think that lower state uh, 3A may be the only one that's had that happen. So cool to see that there. Dylan Oceanside, Oceanside a team that we haven't talked a lot about because we talked about him, but people have it, I think, in the polls at least. Um, Dylan, very good whenever Crest Crestwood last week with what the Grider kid and what Nemo Squire are doing there. They can put up some points. Oceanside is tough, though. We know about it, know that about them. But that Daniel Clinton game, man, I think that's got to be the biggest one in 3A, man. That's a huge matchup between two, two powerhouses, you know, for traditional power like Clinton, traditional power like Daniel there. Will be a great ball game over there in Central Friday night. Yeah, and that's two game, two teams that we've been able to see this season. Uh, not trying to make any predictions, but uh, I think Daniel's got to be on upset alert with that that Clinton team. Yeah, both teams can score. I want to say Daniel. Not sure what's going on, going on with the running back yet. If he's going to be able to play or not, I'm interested to see how that goes there with the with the edge kid. But looking at a two way now, Jarrell. I know this is my favorite game of the week. Probably your favorite your favorite game of the week. Abbeville going to Gray Collegiate. Played at Fairfield Central High School to meet the, the seating requirements. But Gray Collegiate will be the home team there. We've got then Christchurch hosting Newberry. We've got Sherall hosting Silver Bluff. And then Philip Simmons, Philip Simmons hosting Barnwell, who had another upset victory over Woodland last week, Jarrell. 2A has some good ball games here in round three, also. Yeah, Gray Collegiate Abbeville. I know you and John will go it go into this game at length on, on Tuesday. Uh, but that's probably my favorite game this week. I cannot wait to head down to Winsboro and watch these two teams play. I know we've personally had it circled for about two months now, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to be modest, looking like forecasting, excuse me. Uh, but I am really intrigued also by this Newberry Christchurch matchup. Newberry's playing really good ball, and uh, I want to see how good Silver Bluff is. Mm -hmm. Going on the road, too, to Sherall, something that we didn't expect going into, you know, this round of the playoffs there. But a lot of good ball games. But, yeah, that Abbeville-Gray game is going to be just nuts. I feel like there's going to be a big, big crowd there. Even if you're not a fan of those two teams, people are going to be showing up to see that one and, and see how that one goes, Drill. But let's finish up here with, uh, with 1A if you've got that one. 
1A, we got Southside Christian um, playing Calhoun County. If I have this correct, I got Calhoun County hosting that game. They are. Even they've got a four – they're a four-loss team. Southside Christian unanimous number one in the polls. But that's where the brackets work out, man. Uh, 1C Calhoun County will host 1C Southside Christian. I just want to make sure I was looking at that correctly. So, yeah, we got Southside Christian heading to Calhoun County. Uh, we got Ridge Spring Mineta going to Lamar. C.E. Murray hosting Well Branch and Bamberg Earhart heading to Baptist Hill. Couple teams here that should be on upset alert. I think RSM has a real chance to beat Lamar. The Lee Park kid there is a very good player at quarterback for them. Lamar, the offense has been a little bit stagnant the last couple weeks, scoring 13 last week against uh, McCormick um, in a shutout victory, of course, but uh, didn't score a lot of points there. And then interested to see how it goes with Bamberg Earhart going on the road to Baptist Hill. Bamberg Earhart's a, a you know, storied program in the one and two A ranks and whatnot there. Baptist Hill, a team that Dunga talked about a lot, uh, had a nice victory over Green Sea Floyds last week, but they get to host this game. But I think the Red Raiders are probably still the favorite there going on, on the road. For me, I got this Well Branch C.E. Murray game circled. Uh, well Branch has got to be high off that upset win over Lakeview. Um, excited because I, I think they, they didn't have their best performance uh, in the first week of the playoffs. So looking forward to Well Branch head to C.E. Murray. A lot of good games across the state. I mean, they're going to keep getting better and better as we go into, you know, round three this week and then upper and lower state the following week. But lots of great teams in there. Lots of – there's a couple, you know, kind of sneaky teams we may not have seen being there, like a, like a Ridgeview or a Barnwell that are making some noise. But like we say every year, man, it's about getting hot at the right time and some of these guys have got it going on. But let's give one more quick shout-out to our sponsors before we get out of here for the week. And our podcast, Show Moving the Chains, is brought to you by the George Agency, serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 35 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrated in employee benefits and health insurance in the office in Mullins and Merrill's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, et cetera. So wherever you are, they can help. Whether you're a seasonal worker or a small business owner need insurance for your company, give Bradley, Wayne Richard, and the crew a call. TheGeorgeAgency.net. Check them out there. Tell them the Moving the Chains boys sent you. And also our newest sponsor, Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. They, are, they have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at securityadvantagefcu.com. That's securityadvantagefcu.com. Security Advantage Federal Credit Union, win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. Well, that pretty much does it here for our round two playoff recap show. Jarrell, just a nuts week. Uh, lots of really big ball games that happened last week. Lots of really big, really big ball games coming up. And we're going to keep talking about them. You know, we have our, our preview show here on Tuesday. It'll come out on Facebook Live and also our podcast things. We're on Moving Chains, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Podcasts available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your stuff. So we'll preview those games on Tuesday. You and I will break them down again on uh, next Sunday. That'll come out there. And then we got some big interviews coming. You know, I said one of the most uh, – I don't want to say controversial, but most talked about, most uh, lightning rod coaches in the state. Yeah. Hoping to get that coming out to you guys on Wednesday, Thursday this week. A lot of good stuff coming, Jarrell. Um, anything else that you want to shout out here before we get before we get out of here for the week? I just wish I was able to have the ability to clone myself so I could park my, my butt in multiple venues this week uh, because last week was just so much fun. Uh, recapping those scores and these these big time matchups we have coming up, I'm, I'm really excited about. I uh, wish I could see multiple games, but 
the one we've had circled. I can't wait to see Gray and, and Abbeville play. Haven't seen Abbeville this year, seen Gray a couple times. I know uh, I know that's a, that's a big rivalry that's kind of spawned in recent years, and I, I just can't wait for that game on Friday. That's right. So if you guys are getting out to a game, this is the great time, great time of the year to do it. Definitely let us know. Send us pictures. Send us notes. Or if you're at the game that we're at, feel free to come say, hey, man, love to, love to chat, chat some ball with you guys. But we were joking about it the other night. This is the week we hope that we love there to be some kind of some stack. Maybe play a game on Thursday, then one on Friday, one on Saturday, we can go to three games. That would be great. Or, or, or it would be the great time to have uh, high school football on TV. That would be nice too. we have multiple TV set up. But too bad we can only pick one. But I think we've got a great one coming up here with Gray and Abbeville. But uh should be – should be a, a lot of fun there. But for Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks, this has been our playoff recap round two show here. And we will catch you guys for moving the chains next week.